Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sportscope. I'm your host, Robert Butler. I just wanted to uh, say good evening on this Wednesday, February 19th. Still got a few minutes left on the 19th, 2020. Uh, Late start tonight. Had a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about. Dead tired tonight. Worked late. You know what, though, everybody? I was watching uh, the debate a little bit in the background and making notes, and I could not believe what I read. Forget about the debate for a second. About this guy, Greg Robertson, uh, getting arrested for all this marijuana. Could not believe it. I had to read it three or four times. And while I was doing my homework on this Joe Burrow thing, guys, this Joe Burrow thing is real. Give you a little bit more of uh, background information on this. Got some sound bites from Solomon Wilcox, very well respected guy, uh, NFL Network, former Cincinnati Bengal. What he said today on the Colin Cowherd show, along with um, this new NFL playoff format, not a fan of it. More is not better. I'll say that. Uh, Possible landing spots. There's been a lot of talks about one of the better corners, not one of the best, one of the better corners in NFL. Uh, Darius Slay from the Detroit Lions. He's been uh, in trade talks the last few days. I'll go over that. But first, everybody, let me go over the story that's been bubbling uh, it's been bubbling for a couple weeks now. Uh, I did not want to talk about it because everybody else has been talking about it, and that's the Joe Burrows possibly refusing to play for Cincinnati. Yes, it very much so, John Elway. Uh, I got some information I found out about Eli Manning that nobody's never talked about. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, this is a tough call to back out of a job like that. Uh, I'll tell you this, it, it's not easy. It's not easy. If you're a poor person like myself growing up, uh, I would not uh, personally do it, but you know, this guy's dad's a football coach. Uh, we know from experience that, uh, somebody will take you. We are what the... Um, market says we're worth, and there's going to be plenty of suitors for a guy like Joe Burrow, who had one of the greatest seasons in the history of college football, and he was trended upward the season before that. But let's get into this program, okay? I can't go back and forth, you guys. I got to stick to my notes here because it'll it'll get way off. Okay, uh, I will. Uh, there was a story out of the Ringer. I'm gonna I'm gonna read. That uh, really makes a um, really makes a case for him, but but first, this is Solomon Wilcox, former Bengal, a uh, very reasonable person. Loves Solomon Wilcox. Uh, played played uh, in the eighties for the Bengals for four years. Lives in Cincinnati. Everybody, hear me out. Uh, he he took a lot of heat for uh, for backing up what Carson Palmer says, but. He explains what he what, where he was coming from today in this particular uh, soundbite. Listen up. 
Solomon Wilcox on the Colin Cowherd show today talking about Joe Burrow. Well, first, I want to be clear, Colin, because what I said was I saw the life sucked out of Carson Palmer by what happened to him uh, with things off the field. When fans show up at your house, when you're not there, your wife or kids are there and they're dumping garbage on your front lawn and your family is made to feel unsafe. I was bothered by that. I saw Andy Dalton be booed by fans here in Cincinnati, a place where I live and have called home for 30 years. He was booed at a celebrity softball game. He's, he's giving up his own time to uh, do charity work for local causes, but I saw him treated poorly by fans here. Two of the best quarterbacks the franchise have had, along with Kenny Anderson and Boomer Esiason, yeah. both of these guys have not been treated well by the fans. So when Sam Weiss said, hey, you live in Cincinnati, what he was saying is, hey, we're better than that. And that's exactly what I was saying. I okay, he, so, so Solomon Wilcox takes a shot at the fans, okay? But uh, as you guys know, over the years, there's been several players who've wanted to get out of, get out of Cincinnati, okay? Uh, one of them being uh, Corey Dillon. Uh, Corey Dillon, one of the best running backs in the history of the game, uh, has a single game record for most yards in a single game. Uh, he says, you know, 2003, he said, I gave these guys everything I got. I want to get out of Cincinnati. I'll do. He was getting in trouble. A lot of stuff went down there. He later went to the Patriots and won a Super Bowl, okay? So that was Solomon Wilcox, okay? Uh, basically kind of backtracking more, taking a shot at the fans. I felt like that maybe uh, he was getting a little heat. But this is Carson Palmer. Here's a story out of the Ringer talking about Carson Palmer's comments a few months ago, talking about the um, talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. First of all, Burrell says, quote, they select me to select me. I'm going to do everything I can in my power to be the best football player. If they select me, they select me, Engel told Burrow. Those words could be interpreted multiple ways in a way to clarify. The Star-Telegram reported that at a dinner with former number one pick Steve Barkowski, uh, this guy was selected by Atlanta, told Burrow family that they should pull a Eli Manning in the 2004 in the lead-up to the 2004 draft. The Manning's representatives told San Diego Chargers, who had the top pick that Manning did not want to play for them. Some smoke. Burrow is training with quarterback coach Jordan Palmer. Remember, Carson made these comments, said that the um, the uh, uh, owners are, are the issue. They're not into winning. He took a direct shot at Mike Brown, the owner of the of – the, uh, and now he has hired – this Bark Whiskey guy, former number one pick, he was he, this guy was picked by the by Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he said the Atlanta Falcons had the same issue the Cincinnati Bengals had. He was saying that this Atlanta Falcon team, uh, before uh, Arthur Blank took over, that they were a dumpster fire. He was beat up mentally and physically. 
It's very much a likelihood. Let's see. All right. Okay. So Palmer says to this guy, Damon or Amen Dorlia on CBS. He says, Palmer told me this morning that Joe Burrow playing the bagels. That's what I had to. That's why I had to leave. I never felt like they were committed to winning a Super Bowl. Okay. And talking about, like I said, Mike Brown. Uh, then, then he commends all these other owners. Michael Bidwell of Arizona. Uh, he talked about Bob Kraft, people like that. Now, remember, he wanted to retire after seven years with the Bengals, Palmer. He later played once they finally traded him. Remember, Corey Dillon, didn't, uh, they took a year to get him traded uh, to, to get to New England. When they finally traded him, he played another seven years. Uh, remember, Arizona went to the uh, NFC Championship game with Carson Palmer. So, I mean, th these are a lot of different, a lot of different uh, scenarios here. Someone said John Elway, Bo Jackson. He did not want to go to the Tampa Bay Bucks. It happened with him. Uh, Tampa Bay never did draft the guy. So it's happened before. Now, remember, this guy's very hard-headed. He's 84 years old. Mike Brown, he's the owner. He's also the general manager of this team. So you got to think about what is a possibility of me actually getting drafted and having to stay a whole year of not playing football? Well, he's got a good agent, okay? Tom Condon was Eli Manning's agent. Uh, Joe Burrows has hired CAA to be his agent. His lead agent, he's got a team of agents, by the way. His lead agent is a guy named Tom Condon. It's the same Agent that Eli Manning had going back to 2004 to Eli Manning. Okay, so uh, Eli Manning and his father Archie orchestrated this. They said, We're not going to play for San Diego, uh, you're going to have to set up a trade probably with the Giants or somebody. So the Giants made the trade in 2004. The Giants got Eli Manning, uh, and of course, they got the fourth pick. Uh, well, they traded away the fourth pick. They, until we went up to the uh, first pick, they got Eli Manning. The Chargers got Phillip Rivers with the fourth pick. In 2004, they got the third round. Nate Kading was a great kicker for years for them. Then they got the 2005 first round pick for uh, from the Giants, and they took Sean Merriam, Pro Bowl defensive end, great pass rusher. And also in 2005, they got the fifth round, a guy named Roman Oden. So it worked out for both parties. I mean, Phillip doesn't, doesn't have a Super Bowl ring, has all kinds of passing records up in San Diego and then turned into the L.A. Chargers. So it turned out okay. This type of owner is the type of guy to wallop uh, draft picks or gollop them all up and everything. So he he I could see him taking the right kind of deal, King's Ransom. Remember, Washington traded four first-round picks for Robert Griffin. Uh, they still came out okay. They, they took Kirk Cousins. They still got to the playoffs. It wasn't that bad. You see what I'm saying? So, and then, of course, you know, uh, the Rams didn't really do anything with those four picks. Got a couple of defensive players. Had a bad draft. But, you know, like I said, it's possible to do. He has Tom Condon, the agent. 
Uh, he has Carson Palmer, the, the brother of uh, uh, Jordan Palmer, the brother of Carson Palmer, uh, that's helping him out with his form, getting ready for his workouts. So all indicators are pointing that this guy may back out. Do I think he should do it? Uh, you know, listen to what si listen to the other soundbite from Solomon Wilcox. He makes a point of maybe, remember, Solomon Wilcox lives in Cincinnati. I want to play this before I give you guys my actual answer here. Los Angeles, California, and uh, I live here in Cincinnati. I absolutely love it. This is a franchise that wants to win a Super Bowl. I don't know where that narrative came from. There's not one team in the NFL who doesn't want to win a Super Bowl. You go back to last decade, they had five straight seasons of going to the playoffs. Now, they didn't win in the postseason, but they had built one of the most dominant and one of the best rosters in the National Football League. They need a quarterback in their eyes and in their mind. They believe that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the 2020 draft. They're going to use that first overall pick, I believe anyway, in my opinion, on Joe Burrow. If he shows up at Paul Brown Stadium, you can bet people will come from miles away from every corner of the state of Ohio to see Joe Burrow at Paul Brown Stadium. They're going to come all the way up from the bayou to pack that stadium. And that's more than we can say for any quarterback who's probably played here in the last 10 years. I think it will be a good fit. And Colin, and I haven't read anywhere where Joe Burrow says he does not want to play in his home state. Okay. Solomon Wilcox told on himself, guys. He says, I've been living in Cincinnati for 30 years. Do you actually think he's going to say no, he shouldn't play for the Cincinnati's Bengals. He'll get his house egged. Somebody will throw rocks at his car. Somebody will confront him in the grocery store. So Solomon Wilcox is a great guy, works for NFL Network, respect his opinion, but and, and he does make a got a good point. They did go to with the, the playoff, Marvin Lewis, and you mentioned Andy Dalton. Uh, never won a playoff game. They did get to the playoffs. I would say this is not the Cincinnati Bengals. That, that had Cordillon on there where they didn't do anything. They they got they, they were dumpster fire. They they got the break speed off of them. But okay, that this Cincinnati Bengal team, um, with all that talent with Carson Palmer and uh, you know, Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson's speaking good of the Bengals now because he's working with some current players. He has a rooting interest uh, with John Ross and he's working with Tyler Boyd and all that stuff. And you also got to look at Zach Taylor. Uh, do you want to work, if you're Joe Burleson, his father, do you want to work with a position coach as your head coach? Now, he's a quarterback coach. Uh, so you're probably going to have to wait him out to see if he gets fired. So it's a lot of, do I really want to play for Cincinnati? I think it's bold. It sounds selfish. I just did a show, by the way, Monday, 4,000 views on Twitter and Periscope. I really appreciate it how I talked about uh, you have to take coaching and management back in the NBA in this situation, in this particular situation. John Elway, I mean, he didn't have the type of pedigree that John Elway has coming out, but he did have the best season ever. He was trended upward, Joe Burrow. He was coming up from 18 to 19. So he's pretty close to John Elway as far as that. Don't quite have the resume Elway did as a whole coming out of Stanford in 1983. 
But I'll tell you what, this guy has enough leverage. There are, um, I don't know, 25 other owners, uh, you know, minus, uh, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs and, and Patrick Mahomes and all those a good 25 to 27 owners in the NFL watch the national championship game. They've all read, all those general managers have read what Joe Burles has done. Okay. So my opinion is just tell them in a nice way. I don't want to play for Cincinnati. I'm sorry. Do what you got to do. Now this old man, uh, Mr. Brown, he's 84 years old. He's also a general manager. Uh, he might call your bluff on it. He might call your bluff and he say, I'll draft you and you will either play for us or you'll sit out a year. Okay, you got Tom Condon. If you've got Tom Condon as your agent, I'll tell, I'll I'll just, uh, if I'm I'm Eli, or not Eli, Joe Burrow and his dad, I say, listen, give me a a TV job. Um, I'll, I'll do social media where I'm showing me work out and doing my throws and stuff. I'll come back in the draft and I'll take that chance. If you want to do that, that's exactly what I'll do. Le'Veon Bell, people thought it was crazy for him to sit out that season. He sat out. He's fine. He got signed like that. He's a running back. Running backs are nowhere near as, um, well, uh, there's a rookie salary cap. uh, There's a rookie wage cap for quarterbacks. I don't think it's going to be a money issue. I think it's going to be a depressed situation. I don't think Zach Taylor's head coach material. Uh, he will have weapons. Uh, maybe he can tough it out in another two years and he fired this guy, but this guy's a very cheap owner. He will wait till this guy plays out his contract, works out his contract, Zach Taylor. Then he would fire him. By then, Joe Burrows may get destroyed, you know? But there's a lot of teams, including this Carolina Panthers. Someone mentioned maybe trade Christian McCaffrey, their first-round pick, uh, maybe next year's first-round pick, and take him to uh, let him go play for Joe Brady. They got a great owner there, very aggressive owner there uh, with with the um, Charlotte there. Uh, Joe Brady, remember, he's the passing coordinator, uh, Matt Rule, uh, passing coordinator with the uh, LSU team there. So he's going to be the, uh, he's going to be the offensive coordinator. So he's already going to have a standing relationship. Charlotte is, is in the South. They will pack that stadium, LSU, SEC fans, uh, South Carolina people is going to come down and watch this guy. I think, uh, the Carolina Panthers would be an ideal fit to make that trade happen. They can orchestrate this Tom Condon, very savvy. He orchestrated the Eli Manning trade, everybody. That was several years ago. Now he has other agents around him with CAA. One of the best. Yeah, Tom Condon was Eli Manning's agent back in 2004 to help orchestrate this uh, trade with the uh, New York Giants and the L, uh, the San Diego Chargers then. Remember, the Chargers came out pretty good. They got Phillip Rivers. Uh, they got Sean Marion. A big time All Pro. I want to say I know I don't know about All Pro. But I know he's a he's a Pro Bowler. Uh, I know he had performance enhancing drugs and everything. But uh, a Pro Bowler coming off the edges there. Remember this team almost got to the Super Bowl. They were fourteen and two in two thousand and six. 
uh, just a few bad plays away under Marty Schottenheimer when that Ladanian Thomason team of getting to the Super Bowl. So it couldn't come out pretty uh, bad. So you got to look at it. Uh, there, there, there's other quarterbacks in this draft. Uh, they still have Andy Dalton on the roster. You're right. I would probably trade Andy Dalton. You might be able to get a uh, third, fourth round pick for a guy like that. So it's a lot to look at. The Carolina Panthers would be the ideal fit. There's a boatload of teams that would want a guy like Joe Brady. Don't get me wrong, but at the Carolina Panthers at seven, uh, maybe Miami. Miami's got three first-round picks. They could go after a guy like Joe Burles. But Cincinnati is not dedicated to winning. Carolina, uh, what's his name, Mr. Tepper, he's the kind of guy, aggressive, wanting to go out the winner, uh, rebuilding their franchise. Now the flip side, if the old man, Mr. Brown, the owner of Cincinnati, calls your bluff and says, okay, okay, I'm not, I'm going to draft you and you're going to have to get redrafted because I'm not going to sign. I'm not going to, if you're not going to sign, you're going to get redrafted. The worst case scenario, what if you go to another dumpster fire like the Washington Redskins owned by Daniel Snyder? In life, you got to take the chances. And if that happens, you're just going to have to sign a sign with Washington and just play it out. Yes, you lose a year's pay, but you're taking a chance. My thing is, the old man, Mr. Mike Brown, he'll probably hold out to the last minute, just like San Diego did. Draft day, draft night, that Thursday, um, 8 o'clock Eastern time, and everybody's watching. Breaking news, Mel Kuyper, ESPN, NFL Network, Adam Scheffner, N. Rappaport, all break in. Uh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals have made a trade. Uh, for the, the Carolina Panthers are going to snack the number one pick. Christian McCaffrey is now a Cincinnati Bengal. Uh, the first-round pick, uh, uh, undisclosed picks for 2021-22. Don't be surprised, okay? He's working with Jordan Palmer. Okay, let's go recap this, all right? He, he, he's working with Jordan Palmer, Carson Palmer, an anti. his brother, hates the Bengals, hates the ownership there. Says it's a garbage fire. Solomon Woodcock said that the fans threw trash in the guy's yard. They booed Andy Dalton at a charity golf tournament or whatever, baseball thing or softball. So uh, I'm telling you guys, it, it, it does make sense. Absolutely does make sense. You know, he's got the agent. Uh, he, he's got the trainer. He's already made the comments, kind of like, I'm a Bengal for life. He didn't say none of that. He just said, we'll see what happens. The process It's still early in the game. That's what he's saying. We're talking about late April. B, uh, I would say uh, the day of the draft, maybe the day before, I think it will come down to the hours beforehand. But, yeah, uh, Carolina would be the ideal fit there. But this old man is pretty spiteful. He might try to trade him with somebody else, maybe a Dolphins. But Dolphins have a new coach there uh, with Mike Flores there. They got a boatload of draft picks, boatload of money. They're not paying anybody. So I think that would work out. Uh, this is not unorthodox. We're going to let this play out and see. Like I said, uh, he had dinner with another guy, uh, the former number one overall pick from Atlanta. He says don't do it. I got destroyed in Atlanta for four years, lost my confidence, got a lot of injuries. And then he talks to uh, Carson Palmer. 
And then he has Tom Condon, Eli Manning's agent. All the ducks are lining up for him. Uh, by the way, and all this uh, Cincinnati, grew up in Ohio. The guy was born in Iowa. He went to school in Ohio. So he's not necessarily Ohio native. Just a correction that there that the national media keeps saying. So, yes, Joe Burrow, if you're listening, I'm already see the writings on the wall. Go ahead and force a trade out of Cincinnati. Okay? Off Cincinnati. You know how Bill Belichick would say on the Cincinnati. I'm moving off Cincinnati. Hold on, everybody. I've got to change out my, um, whatchamacallit here. Okay. All right. On to the next topic, everybody. Uh, da, 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 da. Thank you, brother. All right. Okay, the NFL is proposing a new, you know, we got the new uh, collective bargaining agreement coming out, by the way. And the news of the night is there's a proposal for the playoff change with their only have the one seeds will only, yeah, 17, the one seeds will have the bye week as far as the playoff part. This is my comment here. Uh, so the two seed would have to play on wild card weekend. And, you know, a lot of people were talking about this with the bowl games coming up in the national championship. We don't need to have, we don't need to have just four. We need to have eight teams. And I was thinking, no, have you seen those other teams? And Mike Florio just happened to tweet out, okay, so if we had the new playoff structure this year, uh, do you really want to see Duck Hodges play against Patrick Mahomes against the Chiefs? That say that slow. Do you really want to see Duck Hodges play in the playoffs? You know what? I'd, I'd rather watch an infomercial or something. You know, I'd rather watch the XFL. Okay, the Rams at the Packers. The Rams uh, were decent. But, uh, you know, they had a lot of turnovers last year. Could not run the ball. Uh, that would be pretty boring. I would take the Packers there. But the Steelers at the Chiefs. So, more is not better. Uh, a top four. I remember, that. You know, like I said, the college playoff at eight games. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's just um, no way. More is not better. I do not like that playoff structure. So that is my take about that. It's still in the early stages. We'll see what the NFL decides to do. Uh, the, like I said, those are just quick take things that I happen to see. Okay, Greg Robertson. Okay, I had to, this is another one of those things that I, I had to read it twice to see. Um, See if this is right. Okay, 2014, Auburn University. Uh, Greg Robinson, left tackle, was selected by the uh, by the Cleveland uh, Browns. Okay, uh, which means he made a lot of money. Uh, Clay Travis from Fox Sports. He he he. This guy in seven years in the NFL, he's made 29 million dollars playing football. He was arrested. In a, in, in, a, in a country now where a lot of the states have legal marijuana, which really makes this bizarre, he was arrested trying to enter the country with 157 pounds of marijuana in his car and now faces decades in prison. 
Clay Travis says, this has to be the top 10 dumbest athletes move of the 21st century, right? Question mark. And my thing about that, and, and then Darren Ravel tweeted out, if Greg Robin is found guilty of transporting 157 pounds, this would not be the record for marijuana transported by an NFL player. Nate Newton was caught twice in 2001 and 2002 for transporting. Now, that makes more sense for Nate Newton because it wasn't pot wasn't legal then. Uh, 213 pounds and 175 pounds. He was sentenced to 30 months in jail. Okay. Here's my thing, guys and gals. Crystal's uh, sister there. Uh, probably the best thing that's ever happened to Greg Robertson was getting arrested today. Um, if you're that stupid, uh, he's probably got some drug issues himself. Uh, he's probably got some demons. And uh, it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to him. You know, he's going to get his wake-up call. He's going to get guys like me, call him an idiot. He's going to get guys national media people, uh, uh, sports talk show host personalities, Clay Travis, Darren Ravel tweeting out. Uh, Nate Newton became a preacher afterwards. It changed his life. He was a former, uh, I think it was offensive lineman. Wasn't he an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman? Either way, he played with the Cowboys Super Bowl teams in the 90s. And uh, like I said, the, the best thing that ever happened to him was getting caught. Uh, I was trying to hold up with that NFL lifestyle, getting low on money. Excuse me. And, you know, he became a preacher at the word. So kudos to Nate Newton. Uh, Greg Robertson, this is probably going to be huge blessing in disguise. That's my take. A little bit different angle from everybody else. Someone that, that's made a lot of mistakes in this world. I haven't made one that bad, I'll say. But I made, And you know what? You learn more from your biggest failures in life than you do your successes. We learn more from our losses. And I keep telling my friends I try to mentor. We learn more from our losses in our life. This is embarrassing. Uh, he's facing jail time. Uh, I think this is going to be a big wake-up call for Greg Robinson. If not, if he gets out of it, he'll probably get in trouble again, and maybe that'll be his wake-up call. But I see a lot of good coming out of this uh, on this arrest here. Okay. Wanted to get that out of the way. I'm really stupid, but uh, like I said, there's a silver lining in everything, guys, folks, and you just got to look for it, you know? Okay, another big story. This has been brewing on the internet for weeks. Now, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this, everybody. Free agency doesn't even start to the 18th, but uh, in the NFL, uh, we have Tom Brady is going to likely be a free agent. Uh, Philip Rivers, uh, a lot of talk that he may go to the Colts, going to be a free agent. A lot of big-name players are going to get traded. I talked about here on uh, Sportscope, I'm going to say it was Monday. Uh, yeah, yeah, Monday, the, a lot of Super Bowl rosters, or it may have been last Friday, are built on cap casualties, Okay. Uh, where players are traded or dealt, players like Brandon Peters, uh, who, who later went to the uh, Rams, they got to the Super Bowl, and then he got traded this year to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, stuff like that happens all the time. Uh, the New York, uh, the Detroit Lions, Darius Slay, 
had some really good moments, made some really big interceptions over the years. Uh, he was pro football focused, which I said you have to take with a grain of salt, has him as the most one of the most underrated players of 2019. They do not recognize him as a top 10 corner. I wouldn't put him in the uh, Stephon Gilmore uh, Defensive Player of the Year for the New England Patriot category, but I would put him in a category of like a uh, like a Brandon Peters, um, the Peters, the cornerback uh, from uh, uh, that plays with the Ravens, a uh, guy that has a good break on the ball, good ball skills, uh, can read a defense, does take a lot of chances. Uh, pretty decent tackler, but he has gotten beat before because I, I play against this stuff in fantasy every week. So, uh, okay, so here's an article here out of CBS by Jared Dublin saying that Darius Slate trade women swirling. Here are top 10 teams. According to Adam Scheffner, uh, they have discussed uh, several. He's 29 years old. And he is going to, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. It says, Adam Sheffield reports Detroit has spoken to multiple teams across the league about a potential trade for the Pro Bowl cornerback. The belief among other clubs, according to Scheffner, is that Slay will be traded this offseason. That is adamant value. The 29-year-old is about to enter the final year of his four-year $48 million contract extension with the Lions back in 2016 and will be an unrestricted free agent. They're trying to get something for him. This team's got the third pick in the draft, by the way. They are uh, favored to take uh, Tua and get rid of Stafford. That's a take I had about two years ago, a year at least, about them uh, moving on from Stafford. I mean, geez, they've only had three wins or something like that. They got the third pick in the draft. So who would be a pick? Who is close? Uh, who you, you don't want to go after a cornerback that's 29 years old, that's going to want another big contract. He's good for another three or four years. Giving about 32, 33, could still play at a Pro Bowl level. If you're rebuilding, I disagree with this. Um, if you're a team, say, like a Miami Dolphins or a uh, Arizona that CBS has 10, uh, 10 teams that would be best fits for a Darius Slay. Okay, they have Arizona as one of them, and Miami is another one. You don't want any of those teams, okay? Uh, those would not be good fits for a guy like Darius Slay. Now, uh, a team that made the playoffs last year, Philadelphia, uh, defense had more holes in the golf course. Uh, I don't like their... Uh, really don't care for their defensive system right there with Schwartz, but uh, they 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 need corners like uh, like a Hogney uh, slop and uh, Texas Texas have J Jonathan Joseph as uh, a hundred years old in football years they could use another cornerback. Now remember they have players that they need to resign and uh, Deshaun Watson. And Bill O'Brien being the um, Bill O'Brien being the coach and the general manager, I'm so uh, I'm pretty sure the Texans are going to make a knucklehead move and try to overpay for Darius Slay. So keep an eye out on the Houston Texans. They got J.J. Watt, 
uh, part of their pass rush there. Remember, they got rid of Clowney. They got Swearinger up front. They need more up front pressure than more back pressure. So they need to go out and draft somebody. Uh, it is good to add a veteran corner. I've said that before in this program. If you're close to a Super Bowl, they didn't make the playoffs. If you're close to a Super Bowl and you need to upgrade your defense, more than likely uh, the best way to go about it is getting a veteran cornerback. Uh, I talked about that a few days ago uh, where uh, Akeem Tlaib, he was the final piece for the New England Patriots when they won in 2014. Uh, ironically, he signed with the Denver Broncos in 2015. They both won the Super Bowl. 2016, he goes to the uh, – he went to the Rams. They went to the Super Bowl and lost. Or no, uh, 18, excuse me, 18. So this guy was on three Super Bowl teams. Really interesting stuff. Okay, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, they mentioned Tampa Bay. Uh, I've talked about this before. I think Tampa Bay ought to go after hard after – Tom Brady, they have the more money than anybody in the NFL. Their biggest weakness was their secondary. Already got a great offense, uh, had a knucklehead quarterback. He got laced surgery. He's going to be a free agent, Jameis Winston. Go after Tom Brady. Go after a guy like Darius Slay. You could probably give up something, uh, maybe a second or third round pick. I would offer a third, see if they bite, okay? They got the 14th pick in the draft. You don't want to give up that. Nobody's going to give up that for a 29-year-old player, okay? So, Tampa, really bad secondary. Need them back. Very well coached, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Keep that in mind. On the defensive side, Todd Bowles has done an outstanding job. The run defense, excellent. Biggest defensive, free agency, Shaq Barrett. Bring Shaq, bring uh, Darius Slay in there. Be really good for that defense, okay? Uh, Seattle is another one. That will be the ideal fit. Remember, they made the trade. They have Jadavion Clowney. Uh, they have a secondary that you can throw on like nobody's business. But I see a guy like Darius Slay thriving in that defense under Pete Carroll. Remember Richard Sherman played really well in that defense. Uh, they're really good up front. They're close. They're a team that made the playoffs last year. They're a team that needs that extra piece. They have offensive pieces. If they can make it happen in the cap, uh, they've already got, uh, let's see. He talks about Shaq Griffin and Diggs and Bradley. Suddenly a unit would be backslide. Yeah. Yeah. So they're getting a little long in the tooth there. I think it would be a really good fit. Uh, this writer saying it wouldn't be an ideal fit. I disagree with that. The New York jets. Um, yeah, I think they're going to make a next step. They're a team that seemed to improve uh, tremendously down the stretch with Sam Darnold, Adam Gase. Uh, they had Tremaine Johnson, not the best cornerback in the world. They've already got rid of one of their other cornerbacks. Uh, Greg Williams, a guy that likes to pressure, play a lot of man. He would be a pretty good fit there with the Jets as well. I think the Jets are closer than one would think. So, you know, Darius, this guy... And somebody, and then the guy mentioned uh, the Raiders. The Raiders got fifty-two million in in, in uh, cap space. They need to go after uh, first of all, try to get a pass rusher if you can't uh, draft a pass rusher. Yeah, he would be a decent fit with the Raiders. Uh, he also mentions Denver, Buffalo, uh, Denver. 
still in rebuilding stages, in my opinion. Arizona, major rebuilding stages, in my opinion. Now, Buffalo's already got a good defense with Tredavious White. If you get a guy like Darius Slay, uh, Josh Allen coming into his own last year, more wins than you've had since 1999. Uh, Buffalo, probably the best fit for a Darius Slay of Detroit. For those of you who now came on, this, what I'm talking about. Go back and listen to the program about my other takes on why it does make sense. And it looks like Joe Burles is really leaning towards uh, not wanting to play for Cincinnati and uh, and very good reason to do so. And I think he should. But I'll go into that later. Excuse me, everybody. My nose is itching. Maybe that's a sign of good luck. I don't know. Anyways, that is all I have for today, everybody. Um, if you like the show, retweet it. Uh, if, if you guys want to advertise, I had 4,000 views. Thank you, Periscope Twitter, on Monday's program talking about the Ryan Newman. Uh, saw today that Newman was out of the, um, he, he, he's out of the hospital. I mean, it's a miracle. You know, I watched that wreck two or three more times since I talked to you guys on Monday. And I'll say this, he should have been dead twice. Uh, when he hit the wall, when the other guy hit him, uh, other car hit him at 190 miles an hour. Uh, kudos to uh, NASCAR for for fixing the the Hans device, uh, uh, fixing the track uh, with, with, with uh, the um, design of these cars, making them uh, making them bit, the, having the ability to to take this kind of uh, these kind of hits. Remember, Dale Earnhardt died back in 2001. If this uh, wreck was then this guy's dead twice. He, he he's dead on that uh, when he hits the wall, and and, and he's and he's dead. Uh, if that don't kill him, uh, getting hit in the side at going 195 miles an hour, that impact would have killed him. Both would have snapped his neck, in my opinion. If you don't believe me, go back and watch the last lap of Daytona back in 2001. That late great Dale Earnhardt died on impact. So kudos to NASCAR for their safety regulations. Okay. Uh, like I said, if you guys want anybody want to advertise on Sports Scope, you can always email me the word sports, the word scope, S K O P E at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach me at Facebook, the word sports, the word S K O P E. That's the Sports Scope page. You can uh, email me through there, message me through that way. Like my program, share it. If you, if you want to listen to the podcast, any of the podcasts. Google the word sports, word S-K-O-P-E, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, any type of podcast, whichever way you listen to your podcast. I will be back on Friday, by the way. I'm really excited about this fight. I haven't been excited about a fight like this. I don't, I'm on it being honest with you guys, almost 20 years. I mean, this, uh, was it Welder? What's the guy's name? Tyson and Welder. This rematch, I've been reading about it. Watched a few. Didn't watch the first one. Uh, watched a few highlights. I'm going to talk about that fight Friday. Uh, I, I've been invited to multiple parties to watch this. I'm still trying to make a, a mind up on which party to go to. This is going to be a great fight. Uh, the last fight that I was this excited about, wasn't really excited about any of these Mayweather fights, I'll be honest with you. I watched a few of them, but I wasn't excited. Probably Lewis and Tyson. Uh, I was living in New York City. A lot of big Tyson fans up there. Loved Tyson growing up, but I knew Tyson could not handle 
Lewis's jab at that point in his career in 2001, uh, two, excuse me, in June of 2002. So 18 years have went by since I've been this excited about a boxing match. This one's going to be great, though. Uh, this guy, uh, really good jab, this Tyson guy. And Wilder, obviously, he's a champ, undefeated. Uh, he did have that draw last time. Uh, really looking forward to this fight. I'm going to break this thing down. I'm going to study it and talk about it on Friday. So have a good night, everybody. I will see you around Friday around 11 p.m. Central Time here on Sports Scope.